Psalm 119, starting in verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinances, for all are thy servants. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine affliction. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. I am thine, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy, thy testimonies. I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. So we are on, uh, in this handout, we're on page two. And uh, so let me just catch us up. The, the blanks are God's eternal truth. God's eternal truth. And that's for ver- the first verse is uh, verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So we're just touching this quickly. His word is not merely the words of the Christian Bible, but the truth, the truth of who he is and his message to us. Jesus Christ himself is the personification of that message. He is the very image of God's love revealed to mankind. This is a central message of the word of God. And, you know, every every important difference between Christianity, what in other words, the religion of following Christ, the major difference between what we believe, what the Bible says and every other form of religion out there is centered on the person of Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people that want to tie us all together and say, any religion's good, you just need to pick something and stick with it. <laughs> Folks, that is a very flawed mentality because there's only one truth. Now, you ask a Muslim, like uh, uh, the, the folks that uh, Maxine is speaking with, and they'll tell you there is a specific way that Islam says you get to heaven. If you talk to a Jew or if you talk to uh, any number of religions, they will talk about their way. But but listen, folks, the Bible teaches a very specific truth that there is only one way to get to heaven, and it's through faith in Jesus Christ. And there is no other way. We're going to get to more of that in a minute. So that's what the Word of God teaches. And the whole Bible leading up to the cross and going beyond to the rest of the New Testament all teaches and verifies that it's in faith through Jesus Christ. Faith in Christ is the way in which someone has heaven promised to them and there is no other way and so uh his word is not merely the words of the christian bible but the truth and um and that jesus is the personification of the word of god and so and then we've gone through the one through three there under letter a and uh we're on the second page uh where it's on number four the truth of scripture this is where we are today the truth of scripture points man to the savior that God prepared before the foundations of the world. It is by God's design that man received that message of eternal salvation through the word, eternal word of God, and that word is forever settled in heaven. And man can be saved only through God's way. Now, and I just wanted to mention that uh, it says in Revelation 13, 8, uh, the latter half of that verse, that he is the lamb slain from the foundations of the world. Now, I can't tell you what that means you know exactly nail it down other than christ was the savior of the world before the world began and i can't explain that to you other than that christ is an eternal he he is the eternal god and he became a man a man who lived day by day just like we do and he laid that life down but he was as a lamb slain before the foundations of the world and so this has always been god's plan the only way in which every man woman and child since adam and eve go to heaven You know, before the Lord Jesus came and shed his blood and rose again, mankind that was in the right relationship with God went to a place called paradise in the heart of the earth. 
When the Lord Jesus rose up out of the grave, the Bible says he took captivity captive. In other words, those that were down in that in the heart of the earth, and, then, and they were separated. There was one side, and there was the other side. And that the other side, or the side that was for those who were following God, was called paradise. It was also called Abraham's bosom. And on the other side, was a, or there was a great gulf between them, and they couldn't pass over. And on the other side was hell, Sheol, is what it's referred to in the Old Testament. And that was where people were kept. And when the Lord Jesus rose up from the grave, he took the population of paradise out of there, and they are together in heaven. Now, that's as much as we know, <laughs> but paradise was taken captive, or uh, the, the people that were in paradise there. And so ever since then, the Bible says to be absent from the Lord, or to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So now Christians who, who have put their faith in Jesus Christ, the minute that they die, the very instant that they pass out of their bodies, they're present with the Lord Jesus. And so everything depends upon what you believe about Jesus Christ. And before the Lord Jesus, people were having their faith in God's plan. And it was, it was not completed, the, the, the plan was not completely revealed until Jesus came. And even as the Lord Jesus said, uh, taught his disciples. And he told them for a long time before he actually went to the cross, he told them exactly what was going to happen. Do you know how many people were looking for him to come up out of the grave? Absolutely none of them. And that's what I'm that's the point I'm getting at is that it was a mystery. It was something that mankind just couldn't seem to get through his head. But men but men that were putting their faith in God were the people that were following God and trusting God's plan. And so all the way from the beginning, Adam and Eve, all the way to uh, the last man, God's plan of saving people is always centered on the person of Jesus Christ. And so, um, the, yeah, okay, <laughs> I have trouble reading. If you can see my scribbling, it's very hard to read sometimes. <laughs> and so um, the first thing, I, I have some notes out to the side of this. And so the first thing I wanted to mention is uh, that, uh, um, if I could just read this, Romans chapter 10 like to turn there with me. Romans chapter 10 and verse 12. You need a pharmacist too. Yeah, I knew. I, my, I'm, I'm between uh, magnification now. I don't think that two is enough and 2.5s are too much. So, right. <laughs> And so uh, Romans chapter 10, and this is referring to, it is by God's design that, that man received that message of eternal salvation through the eternal word of God, and that word is forever settled in heaven, and man can be saved only through God's way. So if we look in Romans chapter 10, verse 12. But there is no difference. This is Paul speaking. He says, For there is no, no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How, sh how, sh how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear it without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Esaias saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so it is our place as Christians, every one of us have believed in Jesus Christ. It is our place to share that truth. To share the, the truth that Jesus saves men's souls and man can be forgiven for their sins and cleansed from their unrighteousness and put their faith in Christ and be saved. And so our testimony is part of that. 
I say, Jesus forgave me of my sins. And that's my testimony. And everybody's testimony may be different as far as the mechanics, but it all centers on the person of Jesus Christ. And so a lot of us have spent a lot of time in our adult Christian life thinking, well, what are the exact words I have to say? <laughs> and, and there's a lot of people, and we, we, well, we've all talked about the Romans road, you know, taking people through certain verses in Scripture. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with sharing a, a specific group of, of, of Scriptures, but, the, but our testimony is part of that. Jesus forgave me for my sins. He died on the cross for me in my place. It should have been me dying on my own cross for my sins. That's, listen, folks, that's abundantly clear. That's what the scriptures teach. Everyone should die for their own sins. Jesus stepped between us and God and received the wrath that should have come to me upon himself. There on the cross, the Lord Jesus said, uh, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? That was to show everybody in the world that the Father and he were separated because of my sin on Jesus Christ. The Father and the Son were never separated. The Lord, uh, the Father testified to the Son, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus never did anything that wasn't pleasing to the Father. And even when he took my sins upon himself, that was God's plan. But he could not have fellowship with his Son while my sins were on him. The Father separated himself. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.21, He hath made him who knew no sin to become sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So we who are sinners and are the rightful recipients of God's wrath, Jesus took that wrath. And he sent to me, he imputed to me, and everyone who puts their faith in him, he imputed his righteousness to us. Righteousness that I did not earn. Like I didn't keep the law. I didn't become a, a Sunday school teacher and, and all these things and therefore earn salvation. No, no man, no woman, nobody has ever earned salvation. It can only be given as a gift. But the gift has been paid for. And now it is God's will that everyone receive this gift. I've, I've, we've, I think many of us have heard the discussions about whether or not there's election, whether or not there's predestination. The Bible talks about predestination, and it talks about election. But listen, the Bible couldn't be clearer about this matter. Those he foreknew, he predestinated. In other words, God cannot help but know. We talked about how Christ was as a lamb slain before the foundations of the world. God always knew his plan. Before Jesus ever went to a cross, God knew that his son would die for all of our sins and rise again in victory. It was already settled. And I can't explain it. I just know that's the case. The eternal God foreknew what his plan was. He cannot help but foreknow every single person that will put their faith and confidence in God for salvation. He cannot help but foreknow. So the, the decision is mine. And the decision is yours. And the decision is every person on planet Earth. Maxine, the, the lady that you're going to talk with, and uh, Kate, you know, it's up to every single person to decide for themselves. God is not predestinating them to hell. And he's not for choosing them to heaven either. It's the choice of every individual whether to put their confidence in Christ and his finished work of, of redemption. Because of his great love 
wherewith he loved me and you. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Can you find a part of that verse that means he doesn't love some and he doesn't want some saved? Listen, folks, that's contrary to the doctrine of Scripture. He wants all saved, but he won't force it on anyone. Therefore, it's up to you and I to testify. Jesus forgave me of my sins, and I am going to heaven by his grace. This free gift of salvation is available to everyone who will believe. Everyone. And, it's, and folks, it's something to, it is something to rejoice in. And I, I say these things like I got it down. I do not have it down. When I'm at work, when I'm at the grocery store, my first thought is, you know, uh-oh. You know, what if I have to witness to that person? I bet I'm not the only one. <laughs> Come on, is there anybody else? <laughs> I, 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 get, I get butterflies in my stomach. I get all the same things I think a lot of us get. But listen, it is something to celebrate that Jesus died for me. And rose again. The victory has been won. Now the gift is mine to receive. And so, um, as as Paul says, uh, he says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And so our testimony is part of that. And we, we share with others the same thing that, that someone shared with us. And that, uh, that, that Jesus can save. And so um, that was uh, letter A. And then letter B, you don't have it, but it's uh, God the Father sent his Son to make atonement with his own blood, he will accept nothing else. And there's a lot of religion. I'm not telling anybody anything here. <laughs> there's a lot of religion in the world. Not every religion has the truth in it. There's nothing wrong with the word religion. We've made it a dirty word because there's so much bad religion. All religion is talking about is devotion and a following of, of a set of doctrines. Listen, folks, that's not wrong. I'm glad that, you know, our church doesn't adhere to some of the crazy stuff that other places do. We have doctrines that the Bible spells out. We believe these things. We teach these things. But listen, uh, the, 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 the Father sent his Son to make atonement with his own blood. He will accept nothing else. And uh, if you'd like to turn with me, uh, well, go ahead and turn to uh, um, Genesis chapter 4. Genesis chapter 4. And at man's first opportunity to follow God's leadership by faith, Abel followed, followed that was, that was a, a, a Abel and Cain. Cain was the first son of Adam and Eve. Abel followed and Cain rejected. So Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. And Adam knew his, his, uh, Eve his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought forth, uh, brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of, the, of his flock and, and of the fat thereof. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and, his, and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Now look at, look at what God says in verse 6. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, thou shalt, not, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. 
and unto thee shall be his desire, and, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And just like Justin was saying in the, uh, in the, uh, uh, the what? Encouragement. Encouragement, thank you. Just like he was saying in that, how the, the mouth testifies what kind of things are in, in the heart. And before that, you know, uh, uh, last week, I think it was, Justin shared that our works testify who we are, what's in our heart, what we're following. Fruit. What's that? Fruit. Fruit. Yeah, the fruit. And so uh, here we see Abel, he followed. Now, I, I, can't, I can't teach exactly what was going on in both of their men's hearts and minds. But, you know, you see God's commentary about what happened. He says, The Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt, not, shalt thou not be accepted. Now, did God expect something from Cain that he could not have known? Clearly not. You see, God, we can, we can, we can follow what happened before. Adam and Eve fell into sin. God came on the scene, and there was the, 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 the passing of the buck, and then there was the consequences. And so, and, and, and the first thing that happened, the first thing that God did after he dealt with everyone was he slew two animals to make coats of skins for Adam and Eve to clothe them because they were now defiled in their minds. And I, I can't tell exactly why everything happened. All I know is that God slew two animals and their skins uh, covered Adam and Eve. And so following this, we see the, the, the first sons born to Adam and Eve and Abel gives a blood sacrifice, and God accepts his sacrifice. And so uh, what uh, Cain offers is not that. He offers the fruit of the ground. Now, he was, he was a, a, uh, a tiller of the ground, and, and uh, Abel was a sheep. So did they, did they both offer the same thing? Did they both offer what, whatever whether it was their vocation? Clearly not. Abel offered what God expected. And it was following God's plan. That's what I think was in Abel's heart. What do I think was in Cain's heart? Well, God refers to sin. God says there's sin, at the, sin lies at the door. God spoke to Cain and he offered correction. He offered some way for Cain to offer the right offering. In other words, to, to, to follow the right, the right path. Cain rejected this. Cain did not follow God's lead. Now listen. At the very least, Cain could have come to the conclusion of whatever's going on, God is right. Folks, that is where many people in the human race go off the rails. When they cannot accept God's correction. They cannot accept that God has the right way. Whatever the right way is, God has it, and I better get on it. Brother Albie? I don't know if this be true, but this is how I feel. That when Adam and Eve sinned, they sinned Yeah, I think what Cain offered was was his best. That's what I think he did. I think he said, Lord, please, please accept this offering that I am bringing to you. I've worked hard. I've planted this and 
and they're the best crops I have. And listen, folks, and it doesn't matter. And, that, and that's, I think, at the crux of the matter is, you know, there had to be blood sacrifice right. because of the sin, in which appoints people to the sacrifice that would truly cleanse men from their sins. That's, that's Christ. Not, the blood of, of Abel's uh, uh, blood sacrifice did not actually cleanse him from sin. What you could say is his confidence was in God's plan. Uh, Patrick first and then uh, Theo. Yeah. Well, what you just said about the blood and number two, you said a word before that, his works. Right. That's. I so think that's what Cain was offering. Cain was offering a right. self, Lord, be, right. be pleased with what I am, I am offering. Right. And I think Abel offered what, what God was looking for. Right. Fats tend to last longer, so we mean that when if you were to sacrifice an actual animal instead of you know crops, it was a much more meaningful. <laughs> Probably way. higher value, I guess. Um, I mean, that's just what I mean. Yeah, uh, pastor, and then Albie. No, I was just gonna say. I mean, the whole, the whole, the, there's several aspects to it, but the, the main crux of the matter is that is is that every sacrifice in the Old Testament was to point towards the right. shedding of Jesus' blood. That's why it was a blood sacrifice, and there were numerous blood sacrifices offered before God ever really established the sacrificial right. system, yet somehow everybody knew that it had to be blood sacrifice prior to that. So there obviously was something before the sacrificial system was actually put into place that God had revealed that mm-hmm. mankind right. knew blood sacrifice. And because they all sacrificed, all it was to do was to point to Jesus right. Christ as the perfect sacrifice. Right, and I think I think probably the best best uh, contrast here is that one was based on merit and one was based on atonement, and that's what Christ offers is atonement. You know, again, Jesus took upon him the wrath that should have come to me, and therefore I can go free because Christ received the punishment and my faith is in Christ, and God imputes His righteousness towards me, brother Abby. Okay. <laughs> okay. It pointed toward, it, it started off some on, like you said, you don't know how. It doesn't say everything about it. Right. You need to know what right. it says that somehow he knew that he was supposed to be doing right. Yeah, and, and, you know, like like you see from the, the fallout, God offered, I think very clearly, God offered Cain correction. He offered him, that's not the right path, this is the right path. And we see the way Cain reacted. His reaction was, well, you know, his, I can't say what his thoughts were, but he ended up killing his brother rather than you know, accepting God's path for the right path. But I like that you went back to that point because to me that's the real cross. Exactly. Like that's like like when you feed that that was like the fast track, like zero to a hundred, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like that's what happens to people. Right. Like with sin, mm-hmm. Cain's slack offering was sin, and God convicted, and the Holy Spirit convicted Cain. Mm-hmm. Right and said, "Hey, that's not right," and he chose to ignore that conviction. We'll call it conviction right. instead of God talking to him. These days we get convicted, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so, so he ignored the conviction. And these days, like if you ignore it, ignore it, ignore it, you build cows and cows. Yeah, and cows harder and, and harder. Cows. And next thing you know, you're involved in a murder, or an affair, or a drug right. addiction, or whatever. This was like zero to one hundred. He right. ignored that one 
conviction next thing you know, he goes out and kills his brother. Yeah. And, uh, it's like God showing you like exactly what could happen. Right. And, and I, think, I think part of that, you know, there, there's some things that we just can't say what people were thinking, but you can see by the way things went. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, you know, there, Cain could have offered, you know, the most exotic plants and the most uh, precious of material and everything, and none of it could have offered any merit to God. Because it's the problem is the sin. The sin is, has to be what's dealt with. Yes, sir? Like, like you said, at the end of the day, Cain fell short to the ideal. And, you know, like you said, because sometimes, you know, sometimes you give everything you have, sometimes it's never enough, you know, so it's like, but at the same time, since Cain fell short of the ideal, instead of atoning with God, like you said, and, and God coming and saying, I'm wrong, and being humble, mm. he decided instead to kill Abel, who was the ideal, you know, Abel sacrificed to a proper sacrifice. Yeah. Right. Well, and and talking about falling short, you know, like it says in Romans, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Nobody, nobody has anything on the scale that can offer anything to God. There's nothing. The question is, what are you going to do with that? Right. Right. Well. What are you going to do when you fall short? Well, and 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 this is this is the this is part of the great mystery of the gospel, (laughs) is. Not only we have nothing to offer God, but we have everything condemning us. And there's no way, there's no way to even approach leveling the balance. However, for God, there's no difficulty whatsoever. It's just as simple as you you receive Christ and the guilt is taken away, and you receive Christ and righteousness is imputed to your account, and that is a is an automatic in with God. We're automatically put in the right place. With God, yes, sir. Uh, you can't, you can't buy salvation and stuff. But what you can do is like, like the uh, the twelve spies, the two that were right. positive and the ten that were negative. When you when you serve God, you can go with the thought to do the best you can and to take, you know, your love for Him mm-hmm. and, and all the things that He's asked you to do and do it. Mm-hmm. And be, you know, you know, you're going to fail and you're going to, you're going right. to, you're not going to be perfect. But you strive towards perfection. Right. Because that's what's pleasing to God. Right. So that, that you're not going to take the easy way and, and take the talents that he gave you and bury them. Right. But you're going to use them to glorify right. what Well, one thing we're, I mean, what we're talking about is salvation and then after salvation. Well, that's a whole nother, another matter. You really, you should give God your best. You should obey him at every turn. And, of course, we, we don't even keep that. We, we don't come even close to keeping a perfect, uh, you know, uh, keeping of God's laws and, and, and the Lord Jesus is leading. Uh, we don't we don't keep any of it perfectly, but we should give our best. We absolutely we should. But for salvation, you can't give anything. <laughs> really, I'll be. I think it's one of the questions. It's like we've got, we got a lot of questions about some of the things that weren't told in the Bible. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be one of the questions I would ask. Say, what did you say to your brother to make right. him so mad he'd kill you? Well, and I think it's I think it's he was rejected, and he, I, I I think there's a great deal of pride, you know, and, and like the Lord said there, He said, um, uh, and the Lord said to Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shalt not thou be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And then in verse 9 you see, And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? Now this is the Lord. This is God speaking to him. And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Does that sound like someone who's accepting that there's anything he's done wrong? 
This, listen, folks, there's nothing new under the sun. Man, the world and humanity have always been this bad. It's just that our societies have either uh, helped the, the, good, the good choices and the good natures to be acceptable in, in the public square, or they've encouraged the wrong things to be acceptable in public. And America is qu- quickly approaching, and, may, and maybe it's already past the threshold of encouraging all the wrong things in public life. And now in your know, people's private life have always been more insidious and more dastardly, you know, in the quiet of my heart. You know, and that's why the Bible tells us to, to, to confess our sins quickly, not leaving things festering into your in your heart. You you confess your sin quickly. You confess your evil thoughts. You confess your your judgmental thoughts. Your, you know, there's all kinds of ways. And the Holy Spirit is is quick to correct us if we're tender to be corrected. But we could be like Cain. You know, we could be resisting of any correction. And so anyway, but back to where we're trying to get here at man's first opportunity to follow God's leadership faith uh, uh, by faith Abel followed uh, and he uh, we see that in Hebrews chapter 11 if you want to turn there Hebrews chapter 11 uh, gives commentary about uh, about Abel Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 so at, at man's first opportunity to follow God's leadership by faith Abel followed and Cain rejected so uh, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 by faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it, uh, by it he being dead yet speaketh. And so there it says he offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, and I think that uh, he offered what God expected. He offered the sacrifice that that uh, that pointed to God's way. God's and, and again, at Adam and Eve's sin, you only had a vague mentioning of God's plan. You know, the seed of the woman would uh, would bruise the serpent's head and it would bruise his heel. So all you know is there's a, there is a savior, but he's not even mentioned as a savior. He's mentioned as the seed of the woman. And so mankind at the fall, the only thing you can do at that point is the same thing you do now. You follow God. That's the that's the option that mankind has. And I I, I love how uh, the Lord Jesus' disciples disciples. They didn't get it. They didn't fully understand everything that Christ was doing. They didn't even know, or they didn't have faith, I'm not sure which, to be looking for him at his resurrection, despite the fact that he told them it was going to happen. He said the Son of Man will, must be given into the hands of sinful men, and he, they must crucify him, and the third day he will rise again. That's pretty explicit. But when, you know, to, but when the women went to the, uh, to, uh, the tomb, and uh, the, the stone was rolled away, and there was an angel there, and, and, uh, and, and the, uh, they said, don't, don't be afraid, for he is risen, just as he told you. They went back and told the disciples, but what happened? The disciples didn't believe them. Now again, the Lord Jesus had told them that this was going to happen, that he was going to give his life to save us and rise again, but they weren't expecting it. They weren't even looking for it. And even when the, when the women came back and said, he is risen. They still didn't believe. <laughs> John and Peter ran to the tomb, and the Bible says that John looked in and believed. But listen, folks, they were not ready. They weren't looking for his return. They weren't looking for his resurrection. And that's the problem with us is that we're, we, we fail to recognize by faith what God is doing. But listen, the answer is always follow God. And even if you don't understand, even if you don't get all the 
the, the every wicket. If you don't hit them all, it doesn't matter. You keep following God. If, you, if you're a Christian and you fall down constantly, you struggle with sin. You struggle with doing what's right. You struggle with not doing what's wrong. The Listen, by faith, you keep following the Lord Jesus. Eventually, you know, sooner or later, or hopefully sooner, we get the help that we need. I, I, I can't, I, I, I don't want to share with you guys all my dirty laundry, but let me tell you, I have many things that I have struggled with. And I, I'm still struggling now. But I can look back and I can tell you, God got me past this. And then he got me past this. And then he got me past this. Listen, God is able to get us all through the Christian life, bringing glory to him. See, none of us are ever going to be able to say, I am the shining example of what a Christian should be. What we can do is fall down, get back up, and thank God for his amazing grace and mercy. I don't like it when songs switch out mercy for love. Listen, folks, we all need mercy. <laughs> There's, it cannot be overstated how much God has to be merciful to us. Even as Christians, even once we've been saved, God is still merciful daily, constantly. And listen, God's grace is sufficient. God uh, told Paul, you know, that his, uh, Paul asked three times, for a, uh, a thorn in the flesh to be removed. And God's answer to him is, my grace is sufficient for thee. And we don't know what that thorn in the flesh was. Listen, I, I'm thankful for ambiguity in the Bible at times. Things that didn't nail down exactly what Paul's problem that he asked for help with. And there, I think there's a reason for that. So that we can plug that into my life where I am not the person that I should be. And again, you can you can put anything in there. You can be, You can put in there, I am not doing what I should be doing all the time. I am doing things that I wish I was not doing. And Paul says in, in Romans, I think it's seven, I can't remember if it's six, seven, or eight, <laughs> but he says, the good that I would, I do not. The evil that I would not, that I do. Now listen, I, I believe very clearly Paul is saying since he's been saved, this isn't talking about just before he got saved, it's talking about the man he was since Christ came into his life. He is still not doing what he should be doing all the time. And he is still doing things he should not be doing all the time. What are they? It doesn't matter. I don't need to know his sins. I don't need to know your sins. And I don't want you to know my sins. Listen, I have, I have become convinced that only Jesus could still love me after knowing me for who I am through and through. I believe that is true for every one of us. I believe that's why Paul said that uh, um, pastor raises his phone and I lose my train of thought. <laughs> it's pastor's fault. <laughs> um, anyway, I don't remember what I was going to. Anyway, it doesn't take much. So anyway, um, as it says there, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and by it, he being dead yet speaketh. And so um, I guess that's, that's it. That's all we can share tonight. <laughs> oh, wait, one more thing. Isaiah chapter 53. No, 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 no. Isaiah chapter 53. But this is really quick. Isaiah chapter 53. 
says uh, in chapter 53, verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. And that's, that's the human problem, is going our own way. We have to forsake our way. And we have to follow Christ. And listen, God, and, and, and thank God for Isaiah 53. And, and I think it starts in uh, Isaiah 52, verse 13. But uh, that section is a very powerful section. Clear, uh, I mean, absolutely spelling out that all of the work is on Jesus. God's Savior. God's own Son. Taking the, the cost and the price and the stripes of my iniquity upon himself. And, I, and it's just such a phenomenal thought. And, and yet, how simple could it be that God could spell it out like this? By his stripes, we are healed. And the problem is we start off needing healing. And he starts off, he's perfect and sound and, and, and complete. Jesus steps onto planet Earth for the direct purpose of receiving punishment for sin he did not commit. And with his stripes, for my, for my sins, I am healed. And folks, God, again, God couldn't have made it more clear. Our righteousness, our acceptance before God, Ephesians says, it refers to us as the accepted and the beloved. I am accepted and I am beloved all because of the person of Jesus Christ. And just like you said, sir, we are meant to walk with God and live a life that's pleasing to him. We should want to please him. And that's, a, that's the, the, the perfect motive for the Christian. I want to please the one who gave everything for me. And that doesn't earn our place before heaven. It doesn't earn our place there. It doesn't make God accept us because I'm working hard. And I'm doing the things I should be doing. No, it's love. <laughs> because he loved me, I want to serve him. And folks, and, and every aspect of the Christian life is all God's work. But in the Christian life, I, we should want to please God. We should want to please him. And so that, that offering up of myself, Lord, help me to be your man. He does the work in us. He enables us to serve him. He puts his words in our mouths. And he gives us opportunities to speak. Every one of us in this room, if you're saved, you've been given gifts to serve the Lord. You've been given ways of glorifying him. Our place is to take the opportunities. And even if it is all God's work to step into the yoke with the Lord Jesus and go down the rows and, and hoe and, and, and plant and water and do everything together with the Lord Jesus. The strength is God's. The direction is God's. We are just in the yoke. But again, it's a choice that has to be made. You can receive Christ as a, as, a, as a gift, and that's the only way you can receive him. You can't add a quarter to the cost of salvation. You can't add a penny to it. But after salvation, he calls us to work. He calls us to be involved in the work. And there's rewards. There's wonderful rewards for doing so. So uh, we'll go ahead and stop right there. Thank you, Lord, for this time we've had. Thank you for your word. Please help us, Lord, all to receive all that you have for us. And Lord, bless as we go. Please keep us safe. Please keep us safe in the weather. We do pray for the folks uh, down south who have gone through these uh, terrible storms and are without power. We pray they get their power back soon, that they can be warm and have all the heat that they need. And, 
And uh, we just pray for your blessing on them. We also pray for us in the, in the coming storms. Please keep us safe. Please help our country. And uh, please go with us now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you all.